Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now, here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of DigInTravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, this is Istok, and you're listening to episode 52 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. Summer break is over. So we'll be ramping up our podcast frequency again. And with the, today's episode, we are going back to our roots, which is providing you with practical hands-on insights from airline digital leaders. So today we'll be talking about what is probably the most important thing in airline e-commerce. And I'm talking about booking funnel optimization. To do that, I talked to an old friend, Jonas, Lepauri, who is a digital product manager at Finair, and he's responsible for booking and upgrade flows at Finair.com. We met with Jonas when he was participating in our Airline Digital Academy, and there we talked at length about the, the systematic process of conversion optimization, so an ongoing loop of looking at data, analyzing user feedback and testing. And it was great a few years later to see Jonas and his digital team at Finair applying this process in practice with great success. Jonas provided a lot of practical insights about search form optimization, flight results page optimization, uh, seat map page optimization, seat selection optimization. So I think you're gonna like this episode. One other thing before we start, At the end of our talk with Jonas, we touched on the topic of generative AI and large language models. We had a lot of episodes about that recently. And at the end of our talk with Jonas, I mentioned a pilot project we just completed on an airline case where we used this large language model platform to process real user feedback and provide valuable insights that can be used for booking funnel optimization on airline websites. If you want to do that on your airline website or an app, so if you want to use these new platforms to process the feedback and uh, generate valuable insights, or you just want to learn about it, reach out to me via LinkedIn or email. Now, let's jump into our chat with Jonas. We at BrandSpace are a passionate and deeply experienced team. We break barriers and make it easy for airlines and other travel companies to create better digital experiences for travelers and staff. Check out branchspace.com to learn more. Hi, Jonas, and welcome to the Digging Trail podcast. Thank you, Isak. Long time no talk. Yeah, as we were chatting pre-recording about it, we last had like a real talk, like live talk, not this messaging <laughs> linkedin and other messages in yeah commenting on posts yeah 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 so it was 2021 peak of our uh, peak of covid or end of covid but during our airline digital academy where we were together so what's been up since i see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, interesting stuff on linkedin and we will talk about that in detail uh, but tell me what are you doing now at uh, finair what's your role and uh, what you've been up, up for, uh, since, let's say, 2021. Yeah, sure. Um, working as a digital product manager now in, in Finner and uh, um, 
mainly lately, I think we have been looking at upselling quite a lot um, earlier, um, right after COVID, I think a lot of folks on conversion, but then uh, when people started to travel again, then uh, maybe a slight change in the in the priorities. But um, yeah, um, very kind of normal uh, e-com stuff. Um, um, you you know it well. You you taught me well. So <laughs> I don't know if it's normal. And also, when you say dig- digital product manager, my experience working with many airlines, it can have all kinds of different meaning. I mean, in some airlines, it's more e-commerce role. What I see from your LinkedIn profile, that you are managing a lot of developers, basically, it's more like product development role. So maybe uh, explain a little bit uh, which way is your role. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Yeah, the other week I was just uh, discussing with a colleague that I was an analyst and and subject matter matter expert. uh, expert, um, developer like half a designer half a <laughs> business rep uh and a half a product uh, engineer for for a week so i was changing hats constantly and um yeah, that's the thing thing really i think uh, the role changes every every day basically and that's what i like about it but i think uh, if uh, looking from um uh kind of normal team setup perspective product owner role is maybe the closest closest that i would call it um but as we we also built the roadmaps and so on. So I think product manager is the is the term that uh, describes it a little bit better. But if I remember, I remember again, I think it was time flies two or three years ago. I talked with uh, one of your ex-colleagues at Finair and he was explaining how you were at that time basically insourcing back the development and uh, I think uh, building organization with several independent digital teams is that still the case? So you're one of that team. If I remain, if I understand correctly, you're part of the team that's responsible for the booking flow and the post-booking upgrade flow, right? Yeah, that that's very right. So I think we have like um, around five teams in Finna.com um, doing development in different different areas. Uh, some teams are more focused on the acquisition, then others are more focused on the conversion, upselling, then there's a loyalty, um, then CMS and, and all of that. So. Um, Different squads, we call them squads, uh, but built on on these this, uh, these topics. And uh, yeah, that, that's what we do. Um, the situation hasn't changed a lot. Of course, we recruited a lot, uh, as you mentioned, back in those days. And uh, we, we still do. I, I think uh, headcount has remained uh, uh, more, more or less sta- stable lately. But um, yeah, there's uh, not, not that they... Business is back. Uh, people, people are traveling again. I think there's a, a bit, bit room for acceleration again. Yeah, and so if I look back at our academy, we talked a lot about the CRO, the conversion optimization process of process of research analytics, using all these data as a preparation then to build hypotheses and then to test and develop. So that was a lot of theory, I would say, although we try to do some look at some practical cases. Now that you've been doing, I see this in practice. Which of the part of this, let's say, cycle is the most challenging for you? Um, I think how to interpret data is uh, it's, uh, it's always tricky. Um, there's uh, there are so many eyes can, that can look at the data and they see things differently. And uh, on the other hand, we always think that data doesn't lie. But then it really depends on the on the reader, um, so that's tricky. <laughs> um, but then, um, 
and and of course the situation is changing all the time so um you know we we do something that improves the conversion in may and then in september we realize maybe maybe this is old old news uh, nobody's caring about this anymore so um also kind of a building the roadmaps that last for a long time i, I think uh, and then trying to be agile at the same time it's a it's a bit of a puzzle at times yeah i mean the interesting thing for me what i've been seeing based on your post and what you've been doing is that i think last year or maybe it's two i don't know it'll tell me but you basically redesigned or optimized almost every step of the funnel i've seen you've been doing on the passenger information page on flight selection page with filters and with sort uh, mechanisms and most recently with seat map so it's basically optimizing each step of the journey so are you doing this at the same time or how do you prioritize where to start or where to begin or is it like an ongoing loop of always optimizing i, I would say it's an ongoing loop and uh and the reason we're kind of renewing all those steps is that um our, our website is actually pretty new i think we released the fir first version of uh, of the new website just for covid um so it had a lot of mvps uh, okay so so I think MVPs uh, in production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, something that um, kind of worked and it worked yeah. better than the previous one. But then uh, we just needed to get it out. I think you're modest. I think comparing to other web or what is the benchmark for airline websites, I think your website looks great or works great. So yeah, exactly. So we built the MVPs, but now we have been improving those uh, steps uh, step okay. by step. So. So now, now I think we're reaching the level where we want to be. So the steps are looking good. Every step is kind of a well thought and uh, has a has meaning. So we mm -hmm. we have removed some some extra steps and so on. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. And uh, I don't know when we have reached the end of the funnel. When we have renewed every step, I don't know what to do next. Maybe I go back to flight selection and, uh, uh, and <laughs> a couple couple of cups of coffee and. Uh, sit down with the designers to, to think where to start. Yeah. If I talk about the passenger info page, what you posted to me is very interesting. I think you said we removed all irrelevant fields, making the logging easier, compress the view and skip the previous steps in the funnel. So, and this is, let's say what I preach or what we preach in the academy is like, okay, remove the friction as much as possible. And this is what we want to do. You know, we want to remove the friction, remove the cognitive bias uh, and cognitive load, sorry, for, for the users, for our users of the website. But in airline world, from practice, I a lot of times see this as a difficult task because we have a lot of other, let's say, parts of the organization who are very convinced that a lot of mandatory fields and information is needed, especially there where you want to remove it. So how do you handle this <laughs> challenge? Yeah. How did you manage to remove the, let's say, unnecessary information and fields? Yeah, you're right. Um, removing items is is a difficult part, and then I it's think it's easier goes, to add, right? <laughs> yeah, it goes to stakeholder management. Um, but but yeah, the passenger details page, you know, it can get very long and very exhausting, and uh, it's kind of a mood killer for many. You see a lot of information that needs to be filled, so. It, uh, uh, we felt that it has to be short, and uh, even if it's not short, it needs to look short. So we hide sections that are not yet relevant. So, so it, it has its own flow within the page. Um, and then we did remove a few things. So we we may not need a 
phone number for the second passenger or email for the third one or email for an infant. So I think there was a lot to improve, um, um, which kind of made sense for everyone uh, when we just started to think about it. Yeah, the interesting part for me with this case, and this is what we texted about a little bit when you did it, is that you said that you saw that it's currently ranks the highest in your booking flow UX survey. And to me, that was also kind of not unique because I think some other airlines do, but not many. It's like really benchmarking the UX flow and asking people which step or which part of the flow, booking flow, they like, which one don't, they don't like. So tell me a little bit more about it, how you do that and why you do that in the first place. Yeah, so at the end of the funnel, when, when people have booked something, we have this uh, survey. And uh, in the survey, we ask uh, general questions like, how did you like it all together? But then we also ask step by step, like, how did you like uh, flight selection? How did you like um, ancillary page? How did you like uh, seat step? Um, how, how did you like the passenger information uh, page? And uh, yeah, it it is, a, it is a page with a kind of or, or a step with very high exit rate, the passenger details page. But then after the renewal, um, uh, the exit rate, we were able to drop that. And also uh, now it's the highest ranking uh, page out of those all, all the steps we have. So even though it's exhausting, people feel it's uh, easy to complete. Um, and uh, maybe we don't ask that uh, irrelevant information anymore that was annoying them uh, earlier on. Typically... Where you have to fill all this information, it's a, a lot of fields, typically forms that you have to input. So my experience, it's also one of the key, let's say, challenges for mobile versus desktop. Yeah. So because on mobile, filling the forms is much more difficult or not, not difficult, much more different than what it is with a keyboard and a mouse on a, let's say, on a, your computer. So... How do you go about that with that in mind? Do you plan like this for the beginning, separate for mobile and separate for desktop? Or do you prioritize mobile? What 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 is the thought process there? Yes, that's very true. Quite often we need to start from the mobile, uh, especially on the passenger passenger details page. Uh, so many so many fields fill and, and so on. Um, we we started with making the login super easy so that's already um all the passengers that have, are, are traveling by themselves so just by logging you don't need to feel anything so that's one step already and and then uh, uh for the other passengers when removing those extra fields uh, especially in mobile you don't then need to feel them so that's uh that's super nice for them um like you mentioned in desktop there's a little bit more uh, patience uh, maybe people see the whole page at once they can go and copy copy paste information uh, from another page and so on. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think mobile has been in the in the focus for for quite some time, and uh, it, it really still is as uh, as there's uh, the, the conversions still are, are lower and and uh, and uh, but then on the other hand, people are browsing flights more and more on mobile. And when you say when you do the benchmarks like. Uh... Booking Flow UX survey. So you have the feedback and also you said data, you improve the exit rates and things like that. Is there easier to talk, to go back and talk to the stakeholders when you do an X project? Let's say when you want to do a new optimization. It's you have more, let's say more, you're armed with more data and more facts to convince them. Yeah, and I think this is the part where many people are 
too worried about. So that I, I, I feel that um, um, usually if you go to a stakeholder, you have the most information about uh, a subject. So, so you need to go there confidently and, and believe that you, you, you know the topic very well, uh, which is all, quite often the case uh, as a, uh, as, uh, especially with the stakeholders that are not are maybe more focused on the product and more focused on on some airline uh, specifics they don't maybe know what the UX looks up, looks like so so I, I think uh, just giving them examples from other airline websites and uh, showing data points that that is really the key and, and helps a lot with those uh, starting those conversations was it a similar process when you did the flight results page when you did this filters and sorting? Because that's, again, a same challenge. I think there, with passenger information, we want to remove and put like as easy, as, as least necessary information that we want to gather from the passengers. But like on the flight results page, you know, in some way you want to present as much information as possible so people see that you have a lot of options, a lot of content, a lot of different flights, options, connections, things like that. But on the other hand, you don't want to overwhelm them. So was that the logic to find that balance with filters and uh, sorting or how did you how did you tackle that one? Yeah, that, that was actually pretty much it. So at, at first we realized that uh, we had some filters earlier, but nobody was using them. So that was kind of the thing that, okay, why is that so? So we, re we removed them, we added our own logic, which uh, improved the conversion quite a lot. Uh, but then we started to get a lot of feedback. But where are the filters? I want to do sorting by myself. I I, I have special needs. I want to have the earliest flight. I don't want the cheapest flights and so on. So uh, that, that was really from the customer feedback that we picked that up, that, okay, we really need to do the filters and sorting again, uh, but we need to do them better as, as last time nobody was using them. Um, so then we did a lot of benchmarking and uh, meta search engines are pretty good at that, um, how yes. to sort and filter the flights. Sky so, scanners of the world and things. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, it was re relatively easy, you know, the first step of the funnel, it's really, really easy to find find the benchmarks and uh, uh, then just think uh, if there's anything thinner specific we want to include in those filters. And uh, we, we found some uh, some interesting in, interesting ones and now we are collecting data to see how they perform. And people use them more now? Oh, yes, they do. And they, they do convert. But yeah, I have to say that uh, not everybody loves the filters and mm. uh, that, that's always what happens. So. Uh, earlier, the feedback was that where are the filters and sorting options, and now that we have them, they they say that okay, I only have a few flights on the page. Why do I need these? And uh, you know, you yeah. if you if you make a uh, solutions for everyone, then uh, there's always somebody complaining. But um, then then of course we can iterate. At Branchbuds, we are a passionate team with deep cross-functional experience in airline and travel tech, travel retail, and end-to-end -end customer experience. We offer Transform Consulting Services and Triplake, our best-in-class digital commerce platform. With Triplake, we deploy the latest technology and retail thinking and make it easy for you to drive personalized end-to-end -end experiences for your customers and meet your revenue goals. We are an IATA strategic partner for digital innovation to drive together the future of travel. We have been a long-term trusted partner for LH Group, IAG, AGN, TAP, Air Malta and more. Visit branchspace.com to learn how we turn the current challenges airlines are facing in the digital world into opportunities. By people saying you use the same process of uh, UX service or 
uh, collecting feedback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have an open field uh, feedback at the end end of the funnel as well, so that okay. they can post their comments. And you said initially when you started, when you removed them, the conversion increased. So how was then the process of getting them back? Because if something, if something worked, <laughs> I think everybody is very uh, sensitive about, okay, will we, uh, will we reduce the conversion? Yeah. I guess when you put them back, uh, you did some tests. Yeah. Right? You did some A-B yeah, we, we did so A-B tests, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think all the major t- major changes we do via A-B testing uh, and uh, validate it first. And uh, yeah, we we needed to we need to read the feedback because there was a lot of it. Uh, the people are really waiting for those filters to come back. And then on the other hand, the the earlier solution was looking very good from numbers perspective. So. It was a bit of a balance, you know, some stakeholders, they read the feedback, some stakeholders, they look at the numbers. So, so then you're kind of in between trying to think which one uh, we should uh, rely on this time. Yeah, interesting. For forms and especially for flight results, search result page, again, my experience, I don't know how it's with you, but I see it, especially with traditional or let's say full scheduled airlines where you are also sh- not only showing your content, but also showing like interline connecting flight contents of the partners. So in a way, similar challenge as a meta search, uh, less content, but in a way similar. Typically the flight results, search result page is performance is one question. Do you have that in mind as well? Do you monitor the performance of the page, how quickly it loads, especially on mobile and other page, when you do these changes? Or is this one of the factors when you're redesigning? Um, yeah, for for kind of uh, for partners' perspective, we we have some uh, um, rules that we need to follow, and we need to show some results for for each as as, as we have agreed. Um, so there's a one one limitation or one boundary. Um, so the list can get pretty extensive, and uh, um, yeah, and then it comes to load times, and uh, you know we have introduced new travel classes as well, so. The amount of fares that we fetch for the page is just uh, growing bigger and bigger. So it is it is challenging, um, and there's no no kind of a good good solution overall solution. So so th- therefore, I think the testing everything we do on the page is very critical, um, as as it's the page where you either make money or you lose money. Okay. Now we talked about two parts of the booking funnel redesign. Let me ask you about the last part, or at least the last that I've seen, which was the, I think this one is new, brand new, the seat map. Oh, yes. Project. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's great. Or, oh, yes, it's still a pain. <laughs> um, no, it's great. Um, and what a timing. We just released it today uh, uh, to production for all the users. We had, uh, uh, we have been going through some uh, heavy A-B testing throughout the summer, um, finalizing and some bug fixes and tweaks uh, in, in August. And uh, yeah, now it's out, uh, seat map. Um, and, uh, you know, ancillaries and travel extras are super important for, for airlines, especially these days. So, so I think uh, this has been one of the, one of the biggest achievements we have, uh, we have uh, achieved this year. And I, I think me, myself, and also the listeners can trust you that it's going 
Well, because you found time to talk to me on the day of the release, <laughs> if, it would be, if it would be a lot of problems, I don't think we would have this chat. So we, uh, I think I can, we can everybody believe you. But SIPMED, again, it's like a small flow by itself. That's the tricky part. Yeah, Especially when we monitor with analytics, we typically, or when I do this project, optimization project with airlines, we say, okay, measure each part of the steps, see the drop-offs. But while in analytics, seed selection might show us like one step and you measure the drop-off, there is like a maze of opportunities and options for people to do and get lost and also uh, select uh, seats for one flight, for the other flight, or if there are even four flights, sometimes when we said connecting flights or for different family members. So there is so much happening in between. And so much, again, information to load. You need to do upselling. So to me, it's really an amazing uh, problem to tackle. How do you even start with all this in mind? There is so many point of view, so many information. How do you start? If you look, you said you started way back and tested in the summer. So if you go back to the beginning, what is the uh, hypothesis or what is the goal when you start? Uh, I think point? we started from the from the issue that the amount of clicks a, a user needed on that page was, was way too much. So there was, a, let's say, there was a party of five um, selecting flights. So you needed 14 clicks to select for five people uh, for just one flight. Um, so that was kind of the first pain point. I said that um, we need to reduce that number. And now it's uh, people, a group of five only needs five clicks. So that dropped uh, dramatically. Um, the second thing was that the price communication needs to be clear. Uh, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a complex product. It's a flow of its own. Um, so we need to be very clear on the pricing. Um, how much does each seat cost? And, uh, and then, of course, going to the differences. What are the differences? So with just a quick view, you need to see what are the differences, where are the good seats, where are the uh, less expensive seats, and so on. So. Uh, I would say those three things. And then maybe the fourth thing is uh, is the accessibility. So all of this needs to work in mobile. And the mobile screens are small. Uh, they are getting bigger, but still small. And and uh, and my thumb is big. So if I try to click a seat on a, on a mobile screen, it, you know, I try to select uh, four seats at the same time. So so that was one thing. So we uh, from we changed from vertical approach to a horizontal approach because uh, that allows you uh, to scroll it and uh, you can see the whole width, width of the plane at once. Mm -hmm. yeah, I checked it today. And like I said, and this is again a challenge, I would say, of our airline industry because everybody is trying to stick to the same flow or to the same concept. So at first I needed like a second when I saw that it's a horizontal, so it's not vertical. Then I got it. And like you said, it's more room for information. But sometimes people are used to old concepts, you know, like where information flies. So that that's definitely just one of the challenges that you have to tackle. How it's also, you said, because you said at the beginning, the, the focus was on upsell, yeah? So here, how do you manage the, let's say, the, again, the balance of showing the information, but also uh, showing the content in terms of, I think, especially for business class or for premium economy on, on long flights, you also have like good seat information like pictures or things like that to show that could be used 
as part of the upsell process. Good point. And um, maybe I go back just a half a step. So so when we introduced the step altogether, we earlier we didn't have a seed selection step at all. So when we introduced the seed selection as an old on step, uh, we made it very clear that one can skip it, um, mm-hmm. which which used to be a conversion killer because we have tried this earlier. And uh, when people were not able to pass the page without selecting anything, uh, they got frustrated and they got out. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we made it very clear, you can do that, but if you want to, you can still select the seeds. Um, now we focus on the seed selection. So the seed selection is super quick. So you can just do it with one click. Um, and then there's um, extra information, um, um, kind of chips uh, where you can see and, and, and learn more about the product. And this was a good good question as um, we were battling with the with the options that whether we want to uh, have a very quick uh, seed selection or whether we want to provide a lot of information about the seed. Uh, but we went out with the with the version where the selection is quick. But but let's see, it's um, you know th- these things change, and maybe for the post booking flow, it m- might make more make more sense to have a have more more descriptive view. Yeah, you can still do a lot of also post-booking, like upsells and things like that. I think that's where a lot of airlines are missing the opportunity, where you have a lot of information from the booking about the passenger profile, preferences that upsell scenarios, if done well, can be executed very easily and nicely. But if I go to this, you said you wanted to save clicks, right? So if you can share some of the elements that you save clicks, is it like, Okay, instead of clicking each of the family members, you say, okay, do you want to sit it together? And you like select three seats together or things like that? Um, yeah, actually it goes so that uh, let's say me and you are traveling. When I do a selection for myself, then automatically you are selected as the next passenger. And then when I click again, it's then he's stuck uh, sitting next to me. And then if we are more people, then it's automatically. And the, the loop is uh, infinite, so it keeps rolling. So if you, if we then make removals, we don't re- remove seed selections. It goes the same way. Um, and then uh, earlier, yeah, like like you mentioned, one had to go and select the passenger, and then click a seat and confirm the selection. So there was there was like three selections uh, uh, for for one seat only. And then you can imagine, uh, like you said, there can be four flights with this big group of people. Uh, do you have a motivation to click so many times to? to select seats or do you just, you know, let it be and uh, sit wherever. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. And I mean, a lot of really interesting cases. And like we said, like now when we talk through the whole, let's say, or not the whole part of the process, the key parts of the booking process, you can see the challenges at each step. And it's like each step has a certain characteristic that you need to consider so you cannot implement same concept at the same at the same stage but even more i think we talked a lot now going back to your role as a product owner you care about the product the best digital experience you care about the user feedback obviously which i think is great that you are like user centric not doing things based on your own assumptions but based on what people tell you but i think if i saw your bio correctly before being a product manager you were like an e-commerce manager working on the acquisition side or let's say more like on the money side so what is the balance between these two because on one side we talked a little bit to it but maybe do you look at it differently now as a product manager going back to your e-commerce days or the other way around yeah yeah you're right about the history um 
I think uh, my heritage from there is that I, I, I look at the numbers and I look at the big numbers and I, I can, I can focus on the effects. Um, so mm-hmm. impact in, easily to calculate the impact yeah, of change. Exactly. So I, I think that's the key. Um, and uh, we have a good mix of uh, product managers in the team. Some, some of them are more focused on the technicality. Some are very kind of detailed oriented and then then uh, some are more interested in, in the big numbers. And I, I think that's a good mix. Um, and then it keeps the, the website in, in balance. Oh, good. I think, yeah, like you said, having this broader view, because this is, I think, sometimes a challenge, that especially with developers or more technical people, they're more in tune to technical numbers or technical feedback or basically want to build great design, great products. But at the end, we have to, like you pointed out several times during our chat, take a look at oral picture of increasing conversion, increasing upsell, working on the these monetary goals that every airline is pressured to do. So I think having this well-rounded view, it's certainly, it's certainly uh, good. You also mentioned that you have several different digital teams at Finair. Uh, but so I guess, like you said, your is more focused on the booking funnel and post-booking, but even the other touch point, how do you make sure, because I think several teams in parallel working on different things can definitely speed up process. And it's great that we see some airlines go this direction because you can do more stuff. You can uh, optimize more things at the same time. But how do you make sure that you're using the same concepts or the, that you are consistent across different touch points? Usually we start the design so that we identify whether a certain concept needs to go across or whether it's web-specific, whether it's app-specific or so on. So there's a dedicated designer, usually a tech lead as well, and uh, maybe even a dedicated PO that makes sure that all the touch points are covered. Uh, But then when the designs are ready, the research is done, um, then it's up to the dedicated teams to to implement it, and and at that point they can still modify the approach a bit, um, but uh, at least the underlying idea is is the same for everyone. Um, we can see this especially when we uh, add things to Finner app, uh, which is uh, mm-hmm. which has its own teams. So, and we do share some components. We share the booking flow example, um, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, they they have their own processes of adding adding items to to the Finner app and uh, and you know the app app release schedules and so on. They are all, all, always different. So um, we need to be aligned when we start the design, and then the development can then uh, learn from there. It sounds like a, a good plan, like to start with joint common teams and then make sure they are implemented across everything. Okay, you want us at the end. I cannot help to ask, I think, uh, last three episodes of podcast, we talked about AI, generative AI, everything is there, chat GPT. Is there anything, any idea, any concept from, let's say, especially generative AI that intrigues you the most? Or is it maybe even something that you think or you saw that could be applicable in your uh, part of the job, like booking and uh, uh, upgrade flows? We, we did talk about it a lot. Um... In spring, when when the ChatGPT was uh, kind of hyping a lot, um, and then I think over the summer I didn't hear that much. But then just today, when I was uh, starting a LinkedIn LinkedIn post about the new seat map, 
LinkedIn was suggesting me that uh, do you want an AI to create this post for you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, that is the closest I have got to it uh, today. Um, but uh, we are we are looking at the options. Let, let's put it that way. Nothing nothing uh, going to be released any anytime soon. But uh, very interesting topic. Yeah, we did one case. I, I did one case recently. In similar to what you're doing, is like uh, collecting uh, users UX service during the funnel. So what we what we were using it for one airline at the end again, because you have like a rating like you do for different parts. But then what was always challenging, at least for me doing these projects and for airlines, is processing open text answers, yeah, and categorizing them and trying to identify how many people complain about I don't know filters, you know. Yeah. how big of an issue it is and do we even have a filter issue so this is an area like an easy that's i would say low-hanging fruit uh for allies that i would start implementing and as, as i saw as i said on this we did like an mvp like you did <laughs> so it was more but it was a working mvp and we got valuable insights but this is one area where i see uh, especially for booking flow optimization when I see like uh, quick benefits and not a lot of effort to implement. Very good idea and would save a lot of hours from me since I wouldn't need to go through all the feedback manually. <laughs> we can do a demo post podcast or maybe we can even do it live <laughs> so the other people. Should Sounds excellent. Do it. So, great. Uh, great, Jonas. Thanks for this chat. Keep doing the great stuff at Finair. It makes me, every time I see something you guys do, it makes me click through the whole booking funnel. So, uh, and now I think there is a Ljubljana Helsinki flight again, so I can maybe even do it real, so <laughs> buy something in the end. <laughs> so when I do, I will definitely have your and you guys in mind trying everything you did in the past year. It's a, a really great work. Is there maybe just one thing when we talked about this, as you said, a lot of challenging things. So. What kind of people uh, does Finair digital team hire typically? Uh, what kind of, uh, if we do some exposure for the digital people, what kind of profiles of people are you looking for typically in the digital team? We, we, we have a great mix of everything. There are consultants, uh, internals, women, men, uh, foreigners, uh, Finnish, uh, living in Finland, uh, living abroad. There's a good mix of everything. and. Uh, I think that's the, that's really the key. I I think we get a lot of use and uh, and uh, you know it's not good that all, only Finns look at the funnel. It's it's good that there's a good mix of people. Diversity. Yeah, diversity is the key here. Yeah, and and so thanks. and not to mention that overall good people. I I think that's the key. So they like to work together. Yeah. A good point, often neglected when we go through <laughs> like job description and technicalities. Um, thanks again for sharing the insights. As I said, a lot of great stuff. Keep up the good work and hope to repeat this sometimes in the future. Thanks. Happy to join and uh, talk to you later. At BranchSpots, we are a passionate team with deep cross-functional experience in airline and travel tech, travel retail and end-to-end -end customer experience. We offer Transform Consulting Services and Triplake, our best-in-class digital commerce platform. With Triplake, we deploy the latest technology and retail thinking and make it easy for you to drive personalized end-to-end -end experiences for your customers and meet your revenue goals. 
We are an IATA strategic partner for digital innovation to drive together the future of travel. We have been a long-term trusted partner for LH Group, IAG, AGN, TAP, Air Malta and more. Visit branchspace.com to learn how we turn the current challenges airlines are facing in the digital world into opportunities.